Yo, we back with another episode of Talking to Myself Very Well podcast. I have just so much thoughts on free agency and it's definitely calmed down like the last, you know, I mean, since like the first or second day of free agency is pretty much calmed down a little bit. I think we got the big trade, you know, with uh, Utah and Minnesota like a little bit after that, but it's been pretty quiet. So I think it's a safe time to record a podcast recapping free agency and the offseason and my thoughts of it. I saw some people saying like this this offseason was really boring, but I don't really see like I'm sure it, it has been a crazier offseason in the last, you know, few years or so, like more guys changing teams. Like a lot of guys just resign, which is very true. But I still think it was still a very interesting offseason with the few things that did actually happen. But um, some things like a Jalen Brunson resigning was like, I'm, uh, I mean, going to the Knicks. It's a new team, but we kind of already had an idea of, I mean, we, a, a, a whole week before he resi- uh, signed in New York, we had an idea that he was going there. So, you know, um, I mean, the first thing to really touch on uh, when it comes to free agency right now is Kevin Durant. Um, Kevin Durant requested a trade. And my first reaction to him uh, asking for that trade was just very surprising because I don't think the last episode of the podcast, I talked about Kevin Durant possibly asking for a trade. And I don't think I was really to be honest, predicting for that to happen. I thought Kyrie would, you know, opt in. He might make some noise in terms of wanting to leave, but he might not actually leave, you know, because it's kind of hard for that deal to happen with the Lakers. And I don't think Dallas is legit, honestly, going to trade anything for Kyrie. Like, I'm sure they probably did have a little bit of interest, but not enough interest to really make that deal happen. So really just the Lakers type of uh, thing. And the Lakers don't really have much that would probably interest Brooklyn. So I was just expecting for Kyrie and KD to be back in Brooklyn, which even though KD did request a trade, it's looking like that might be the case. That might be the case that they both will be back in Brooklyn to start next season. His wish list, Phoenix and uh, Miami. And it's very just funny to me that he had his request, you know, his wish list, the two one seeds, the one seed in the West and the one seed in the East. And I, I just think that's a bad look for KD. I don't care. Like, I don't like because you're leaving a 73 win. Uh, you join a 73 win team, rather. You leave. And no matter what KD say, obviously, he might have just wanted like a new like feel, a new team, a new environment. Definitely. I'm not doubting that. But let's be real. Some of that, some of his reason for leaving Golden State was because he wanted to kill that narrative that he needed Golden State, that he could do it somewhere else. You know, that narrative gets to guys. It, it got to Kobe for sure with uh, Shaq. Like, you want to prove that you can do it without these guys. And for him to leave Brooklyn, in which I still think Brooklyn is, is a good team to have a good roster. I don't, consider, I don't consider them one of the contenders in the Eastern Conference. So if you want to defend KD, then you can, you know... Use my opinion of I don't think Brooklyn, while they have a good team, you know, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, they resigned Patty Mills, got T.J. Warren, they got uh, O'Neal from Utah, they got uh, Claxton back, they got a roster, you know, but I don't think they have enough defense. I still don't think they have enough um, just, just defense and, you know, a couple of guys just missing from that bench. Like, not guys that get buckets. I don't think they need that much, like, help in terms of buckets. But in terms of just certain guys that can just at certain times hit that shot, at certain times make that, you know, that play. I just don't like their bench that much still. And coaching-wise, while I love Steve Nash, he has a lot to prove as a head coach to win a championship at that. So 
I don't consider them contenders, but KD kind of selling himself short by leaving them and asking for a trade. You have four years left on this deal. And when he resigned in Brooklyn, he was talking about, I think he said, by quote, I want to finish my career in Brooklyn, which guys can trade or, you know, change their mind. I don't kill them for that. These guys are human. They can say they genuinely want to stay. Like Kyrie talking about you want to stay in Boston and he leaving for Brooklyn the very next offseason. Guys can change their mind. I don't really take that too personally unless I'm like a fan of the team. But I feel like KD, he's selling himself short. And I don't think him like, obviously, if you win a championship at like Phoenix for, you know, it could definitely add to his legacy, but at the end of the day, it's like you left a 73-win, you joined a 73-win team, you left that team, you failed to like really build something in Brooklyn. You know, Kyrie played a part in that. It wasn't all his fault, right? But Kyrie played a part a, a part in that, and now you're asking to to leave, like, and to join the one seed in the West, like. Phoenix, while they're not Golden State when he joined Golden State, they did not win 73 games. They did not ever win a championship. So they're not Golden State. They're not as much of a lock with KD to win a championship. Like, teams, if he joins Phoenix, first of all, Phoenix is going to have to give up some of their depth. You know what I mean? And on top of it, I just think that roster, while it will be a championship type of team, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, KD, I don't think they're like head and shoulders way better than everybody else in the NBA. So he will get, he should get credit for like winning possibly in Phoenix, but I wouldn't give him like max, max credit because it's like you're leaving something, like again, you're leaving something that you're trying to build but fail to go to somewhere else, you know? And I just think, you know, it's just weak in my opinion on a certain level. It's just weak in my opinion. Like I'd rather KD be, show that he is like, you know, a Steph, a Tim Duncan, a Kobe, a guy that can really build something somewhere and lead a team to a championship, you know, push, he's, he's always going to be up there with those guys because of, you know, his uh, individual numbers, because of his skill, but to show yourself as a leader to really get that done. And I don't know, I feel like talks of KD wanting to leave Brooklyn might've also, not just because he probably don't believe in the roster, I think more so he probably took it personal, like the front office, like he has some issue with the front office, which is pretty funny because KD never been, he never seen as if like he's like going to talk to the front office. Like he talked about before, I believe how he's not the kind of player that's going to talk to the front office and talk about deals that need to be made, guys that need to be traded from teams and re-signing this guy or that. He's just like to go on the court and, you know, hoop. And I, you know, a certain part of me loved that about KD, but talking about the possible teams that he could go to i mean miami i don't see a world where he's where he's playing in miami like miami isn't going to give up jimmy butler which i you know i definitely respect that jimmy is a great player to have on your roster like he's a leader he leads by example he's not afraid of nobody he plays very well in the in, in the playoffs you know He's good on both ends of the court. You don't want to give up Jimmy Butler. And it, they can't trade KD for Bam. It's a lot of young players that they cannot trade in a deal for KD. So I don't see a world where he's in Miami next season. Now, if you're Miami, though, while I do love Jimmy Butler, he's definitely not KD. He's not at all. He'll never be KD. So I don't know. Like, is it that crazy to think about trading Jimmy Butler for like a KD but I know they're not going to do it, so I'm not going to really talk about it that much. I'm just saying KD is for sure a considerably better player than Jimmy Butler. As much as I love Jimmy Butler, I, I can't 
you know, lie on Kevin Durant's skill or his ability at seven feet tall. So, you know, it's not going to actually happen for him in Miami, but it do make sense. They're, Phoenix and Miami are two teams that are really good, two of the best teams in their conference in, in the NBA, but they don't actually have a bona fide superstar. Like, you can argue Jimmy is a superstar, you know, but a, 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 a top five player, a top seven, eight player in the NBA, they don't have that guy, especially Phoenix. As much as I love Devin Booker, he's not at that level right now. And that's what's probably hurting them from winning the championship. That's what that's what they're probably missing, that transcendent superstar kind of player. And KD is a superstar. He could be that guy for both teams. So basketball-wise, it makes sense. And KD could fit on any roster, the way he plays. He don't dominate the ball too much. He gets to his spots. He's so efficient. He's going to always fit in any team in the history of the NBA, KD could just slide right into, and it'll be nothing. He's so smart of a basketball player. But Phoenix, as another uh, uh, team, you know, the other team, basically, that he had on, on his wish list, and it was talks that KD uh, had his eye on Phoenix for, like, a little bit of a while, not, like, too long, but they had an idea that he might, you know, be interested in joining, you know, their team from, like, valid reporters said that. So... With Phoenix, uh, Aiton, this is another thing. Even if Miami would say, okay, we'll trade Jimmy for KD, Jimmy and some picks might not be enough because there were reports by a legit reporter. I think he works for the for Bleacher Report or the Athletic. But he reported like today or yesterday that Brooklyn talked with the T-Wolves and they didn't just want Anthony Edwards. They wanted Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and picks. Which is kind of unreasonable if you're Brooklyn, because there's no way you believe. Man, it's like Anthony Edwards is a, you know, uh, is a rising star in the NBA. Carl Anthony Towns is an all-star, you know, center. What sense would it make for Minnesota to trade their two best players for KD? Like, okay, you trade your two best players, and now you got KD and a bunch of guys. What do that do for you? Like, the 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 idea of trading for KD is you're trading for him to win a championship. If Minnesota traded Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, even with, you know, you're not winning a championship. You just got KD. Like, that, that, that's it. Now, KD is better than probably Anthony Edwards and Cat will, will ever be, but now you're just KD and a bunch of guys on the roster. Like, I mean, they do got Gobert right now, but you, you, you get what I'm saying. And I assume they had these talks with Minnesota before they traded um, for Gobert. So I don't know, man. Like it's it's very interesting. Well, like what what exactly do Brooklyn want? But even if Miami wanted to give up Jimmy, it's like you'll probably have to give up Jimmy, Bam, and picks. Like, and that's just crazy. Because like I said, if you're trading for KD, you want to still have one of your franchise players so you can actually contend for a championship. The point of trading for KD is to win a championship in the next few seasons. And, you know, so it's that balance of trading a lot while still being really, really good with KD. Like, still being championship-level good with KD. That's the, that's the the give and take that's going on. And that's why I think KD will be in Brooklyn to start next season. I think Brooklyn is going to keep their, their, uh, their, uh, price very high as they should. And no team is going to really be willing to give that. And one thing that I know as like a basketball, you know, fan is like every team and every fan base feels really good about themselves in the off season. So teams aren't really willing to give up some amazing deal for even the Kevin Durant right now. 
if you're Phoenix, you feel really good right now. So you're not, you know, I mean, no matter what, they probably won't be willing to trade Devin Booker. But you especially don't want to trade him in the offseason. Like, everybody somehow just after the, after the season ends, I'm a Pistons fan. Pistons fans feel even good about our roster right now. Like, everybody feels okay about themselves in the offseason. But when the season starts and, you you know, it's a couple of teams that, you know, don't start off too well, got, you know, some injuries, some bad injuries maybe, then you'll start seeing some trade packages that are really, really nice for Kevin Durant. But for right now, I just don't see it happening. You got the Kyrie uh, to the Lakers thing. And, I mean, it started to feel like it was really about to happen from, like, reports. But it's, you know, been like a flip in terms of, you know, people are saying now that Brooklyn um, and, like, the Lakers don't have no no real movement, no real traction on a deal. I'm not that surprised by it because, I mean, what the Lakers are going to give up. Russell Westbrook, who's getting paid more than Kyrie, who will basically be like a salary dump, a bigger salary dump. And Kyrie, you could argue, is better than Westbrook right now. Like, why would you do that if you're Brooklyn? You know, Russ, THT, and some pick, you know, and some first-round pick maybe. Like, I don't really know. Now, granted, you don't want Kyrie to just walk for nothing. But again, I think you can get a better deal than that, you know, when the season starts from somewhere else. And you don't have to trade Kyrie to where he exactly wants to be. He's on an expiring deal. So any team that trade for him, they can have the logic of we're going to trade for Kyrie. Even if he doesn't want to be here, we're going to trade for him. And hopefully just this season, we can try to ride this out as much as we can. You know, but that's why the Lakers are really interested because I think everybody knows that Kyrie is most willing right now to resign with the Lakers. So they're, you know, they're, they basically, if they trade for Kyrie, they'll be getting not just this next season with Kyrie, they'll get more years of Kyrie Irving. So I just think both guys are going to stay in Brooklyn. This idea, while I'm sure, you know, Katie wants, you know, it's that feeling of, you know, try it, you know, try, you know, ask for a trade and it's a motorcycle going by really loud sorry about that it'd be very loud out here i'm outside recording this pod i'm the only basketball pod that's actually outside i'm not about to be inside like these other podcasts you know but no i'm joking but yeah i mean i just think both are going to stay in in, uh brooklyn you know i see katie's position of like let me just try and ask for a trade even if it doesn't actually go through while i get traded let me just try you know and it is what it is. Um, so, I mean, it's not just Brooklyn that has a lot of, you know, news and stuff going on. It's been a lot of, you know, deals going on. You got Zach Levine who resigned in Chicago. He was taking a little bit of a longer time, but there was no need to really panic if you were a Bulls fan. I think that's, you know, a solid place for him to be at. Because, you know, looking at better teams than Chicago, I mean, he will have to take probably like a pay cut. And you don't want to take a big pay. I mean, he's getting a big, big deal with Chicago to resign there. And you sacrifice money to go to a better team, but you're going to be taking a lesser role. And there's no guarantee in the NBA that you're going to actually win a championship. We just seen Phoenix look like the best team in, in the NBA throughout the regular season. And then they, in the playoffs, the second round of the playoffs, they got blasted, lost by like 40 points at home. Like, there's no there's no guarantee you're going to win a championship, no matter how good of a roster you have. So uh, he resigned in Chicago. I definitely like that for them. Darius Garland resigned in Cleveland. 
Um, I saw some people talking about like how his numbers, while he's still very young, is it, you know, it isn't that crazy, which I, you know, agree with. Like his numbers isn't that great, but he does have a huge impact for Cleveland. As that point guard, I got to get his shots from the perimeter. I got to get everybody else involved. Like, he's a very good passer. I think he could he can only get better on that end. Um, he's a shooter. Like Darius Garland, and I mean to be honest, if you're an All Star caliber point guard and you're arguably the best player on your squad, yeah, at a very young age, you're going to get paid five years, 180 million. Even if he isn't necessarily worth that right now, that's the market for the NBA. Guys like that are getting paid that kind of money, mainly because of how young he is, so he can still get better, and because of the fact that yeah, he's a young rising player you know so even though he's not a top 20 player right now guys are getting paid that kind of money that's the market of the nba today and i'm not mad at it i'm not mad at it at all and if you're cleveland you did hit on the draft pick like they drafted so many guards so many you know draft picks high draft picks but they got that right with Darius Garland. I knew Garland was going to be very nice coming out of high school, and he was looking really good at uh, Vanderbilt before he got injured. So I was confident in his ability to be like the best guard out of his draft class. So Garland definitely. I mean, I don't know if he is. I got to go back to that draft class just to make sure because every draft class has a has a couple of guards that are really nice. But um, congrats to you know Garland, man. I, I can definitely see Cleveland because they dealt with injuries. P- people forget that. They dealt with injuries. They could have ended up not in the play-in if they didn't deal with those injuries. So as a young team that has chemistry, guys that don't get into trouble and stuff, you know, cough, cough, uh, Charlotte with Miles Bridges. I might, you know, talk about that a little bit. But, yeah, I, I can see them growing as a team. You got JaVale McGee to uh, Dallas. And I wanted to talk about this because they got Christian Wood and JaVale McGee. So they added size to their roster, which – they did have like a kind of like because you got Luca who's six seven. You got you know Bullock last season. You got guys out there that had size, but an actual big men that could contribute. Because uh, Javale McGee, he's a rim protector. He can catch lobs. He's a vet. You know he's a he's a actually smarter player obviously than what he was as a young you know younger player. Used to always end up on shacking the fool, uh, fool when he was younger, but he's a smarter player now, and I like that for Dallas. He's like a you know again another guy for Luca to get some some assists. Another guy he could just dump the ball to and throw lobs to. I don't know if he'll be like a starter for them, but he could play that bench role. I'm sure he'll be fine with it. So I like that move for Dallas. They're actually having a pretty good offseason. There was no big splash move for them to really make. So, I mean, outside of, like, doing some type of deal for Kyrie, but I think it's best for them not to actually make that deal because I don't see Kyrie really flourishing with, with, with uh, Luka. I, ooh, somebody just fell off their skateboard. Ooh, that looked very painful. But, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> somebody just fell very hard off their skateboard at this park uh i mean he's back up he's back up though so that's good but yeah i just don't see Kyrie really flourishing that much with like a luca i mean he did play with like lebron who luca has that like ball dominant driving kick type of style that lebron had and Kyrie could you know coexist with lebron so that's kind of the logic of why you would trade for him but i just i just don't see that really working in dallas um my Pistons, my Pistons sign, Kevin Knox. I'm not really that happy, that excited about that. I don't really see much. I mean, Kevin Knox always had, had talent, but he just can't really put it together or do it consistently. Like every once in a while, he'll give you a pretty okay game. But Pistons do need scoring, and that's pretty much what Kevin Knox 
does best, even though he doesn't do that all that well. I'm not trying to take shots at him, but he's just not that good of a scorer, which is why he isn't on a great deal. But um, he's a young player. I mean, seeing guys have better seasons, you know, lately in Detroit where where you can just play ball. And it's no real, you know, loud noise around you. You can just play ball and, you know, less pressure on you than, you know, playing for the Knicks. So re-signing Bagley, that was a big deal. Uh, three years, $25 million, that's not a bad contract in my opinion. Bagley, I mean, just speaking about Kevin Knox, Bagley went to Detroit, and I know it's a, it's a kind of small sample size, but he played well. He looked like he's on the up and up for Detroit. I always like Bagley. I thought Bagley would be better than what he has been, but he definitely still has great potential. He's, he's a guy that could, I mean, he could be a guy that averaged 16, 16 and almost 10 rebounds in my opinion. He has that type of athleticism to him. To him. But that's if he can really, really figure out the game and really consistently put it together. What 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 are the chances that he do, you know he he do that? Who knows? But I definitely like Bagley in Detroit, like, uh, you know, because of his size and how athletic he is. Like Pistons need some guys that are athletic, which is why the Jaden Ivey and the Jalen Duran draft picks was very you know welcome welcoming for me as a Pistons fan. So I like Bagley being in Detroit. Um. Hopefully he can, you know, continue to take that next next step forward. I believe Bagley has that talent, not to be an all-star, but to be a legit good center in the NBA, a guy that can give you 15 a night and give you almost 10 rebounds a game. 1,000% I can see that for Bagley. So hopefully he can get to that level, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, next on the list, the Warriors. Warriors lost Gary Payton II and Otto Porter. And those are two guys that were very, very, very good role players. I mean, Otto Porter started a lot of games for them in the playoffs, and he played well in that role. He's he's a guy that, you know, people didn't really talk about. Oh, hold on, hold on. But, uh, yeah, he's a guy that rebounds the ball. That, can, that was very big for the Warriors, though, because – they don't have size, really. You know, that was the big deal. And he was a guy that helped rebound for them. You know, Wiggins, I mean, he all of a sudden in the playoffs, he showed his rebounding, you know, uh, potential. So that was big for them. But Otto helped on the boards throughout the regular season. And w- watching the Warriors, I mean, a lot the way that I did, like, he would have games where he just hit those big shots, you know, and just be that veteran guy. Christmas, you know, game against Phoenix. They don't win that game if Otto Porter don't hit those shots in that Late in that fourth quarter, you know, he was just that kind of player for them. And Gary Payton, the second, I mean, he was just great the entire season. He was great. I mean, consistent. He did his job so well, so consistently the entire season from regular season to playoffs. I mean, the fact that he started to really knock down that corner three, that was like a a, 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 a add-on. Like, he was a guy that was so athletic that could pick up guys 94 feet, athletic like catching lobs and dunking the ball and stuff like he just was just so efficient on it and doesn't turn over the ball like he he like play his role so perfect in golden state and i could see him being able to do the same thing somewhere else he has that type of talent he has that type of heart that type of you know uh smart you know that you know he's just a smart role player and i'm happy to see him get his money as a role player people got to understand Gary Payton II, I think he's like 30 years old. Even if he was younger, as a role player, you get the biggest bag you can get. 
especially when you're coming off of a championship. It's one thing if they wasn't coming off of a championship. It's kind of that urge to like run it back to try to see if you can win that ring. But you're 30 years old. There's no guarantee you're going to get another. Like he's a guy that really had to claw his way into into getting his spot on the Warriors. So just imagine now he has an opportunity to sign a 20 plus million dollar deal or is it 20 plus million? I forget, but a three year deal in in uh, Portland, he's going to take that opportunity. Is Portland close to the Warriors right now? No, but again, he's as a role player, you got your championship. Go get your bag. You can't get mad at it. And I know people mad at the Warriors front office. And I have a lot of history being you know questionable about the you know the Warriors front office and the deals that they move. And I don't think they really necessarily replaced him with anybody. Like they signed uh, Dante from uh, Sacramento, and he's a guy that could possibly be a very good shooter for the Warriors. He do you know have inconsistencies in terms of shooting the ball, but he has good form. He you know pause. He has good you know shooting form. I'll, I'll say that <laughs> he has good shooting form, and uh, he has a little bit you know potential on defense. He's still very young, so he could be a guy all of a sudden because he's getting so good looks playing with Steph Curry. That he could, you know, shoot the ball. I mean, Kent Bazemore, Lakers fans, you know, fell for it. Kent Bazemore had one season with the Warriors, and he shot the ball really well. And Lakers fans was thinking that they was going to get a good player in Kent Bazemore, and he went back to being a bad player. Because, but that is that speaks to Steph Curry's greatness of how better guys, you know, get from playing with him. That gravity thing, while it's funny to joke on Warriors fans, it is legit. It is real. The gravity that Steph gives to the rest of his guys is a legit thing. And, you know, guys can benefit from it. So Dante could have his best season. I would not be surprised. I mean, Otto Porter rejuvenated his career. Gary Payton II had a great role. I mean, I just talked about how great he was. So, like, guys can, you know, go there and have their best seasons, you know. So we'll see. They didn't necessarily replace those guys, but they're going to replace them with the guys that they already have on their roster. The Wisemans, the Moody's, the uh, Kamingas. These guys are going to be taking those minutes of those. I mean, think about it. You draft a Moody in the lottery. You draft a Wiseman in the lottery. Kaminga in the lottery. These lottery picks, you you will like to see them play eventually, right? Granted, Otto Porter, Gary Payton II, you know exactly what you're getting out of these guys. So that's kind of like the risk because these young players, they're still, you know, Wiseman only played barely his rookie season Kaminga is second season Moody second season coming up like these are very young players but they have the talent you know Kaminga could be a very I mean all-star caliber player Mark Wiseman was a very 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 highly highly touted high school college player you know and it's for a reason seven feet tall he can move his feet very well his body is very developed he has some type of shooting touch. Like, he has some touch. on You know, I, I don't want him shooting threes like that. But he do have touch around the rim and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, and Wiseman, again, he this is the perfect situation. He doesn't have to do much. Rebound the ball, block shots, be athletic. I would tell him to be his best version of DeAndre Jordan when he was with the Clippers. Be that version of yourself. Like, rebound the ball. Dunked. I mean, DeAndre Jordan was a was a legit all star from just rebounding and and catching lobs, blocking shots. Like he was a legit, a legit all star in the West for a few seasons. I would tell Wiseman to just be that. You don't have to do much. Not saying you don't want him to grow and you know do other things and you know, but 
that's all he really needs to do in Golden State. Because if Golden State has Wiseman blocking shots like an animal, catching lives and rebounding the ball crazy, that adds a lot to that roster, man. And their defense has, has always been, you know, pretty good when, when healthy. So I can just see that really, really working well for them. So it's just the development. So my overall thoughts of the Warriors offseason is just you didn't necessarily replace your two key role players, but you have to just believe in the young guys. You drafted them for a reason. Hopefully, like a Jordan Poole, draft picks work out for you. You know, so we'll see, you know, but just hope these these young guys, these draft picks can develop next season. It's so not being like like a huge leap. You don't need that's another thing for the Warriors. You don't need a huge leap from Moody. You just need him to be a guy that could make the right plays, that could defend the ball, but do what Otto Porter did. Otto Porter wasn't doing um, you know, a whole lot. He was defending, rebounding, and every you know, ever every once in a while hitting some threes. That's what you want from Moody. Every once in a while, hit some shots, defend the ball very well on the perimeter, and help rebound. That's what you want from Moody. And I think these guys have the talent. They have the you know the basketball IQ like Kaminga and Moody. I think they have it inside of them. So and Wiseman didn't look bad. He had his bad moments on defense mainly. But on offense, he didn't look bad playing with the Warriors already in his rookie season. So you didn't re re uh, replace your role players, but you're is, you're is replacing your role players because you have these young, talented, you know, players. So we'll see. Um, I think next to uh, talk about for me is James Harden possibly getting that new deal. Um, and I already predicted that James Harden wasn't going to like opt in, um, that he'll likely do like a two-year you know deal with the Sixers or like a three-year deal with the Sixers that's what I pretty much was saying about Harden so hopefully you know it works out for the Sixers you know if you're the Sixers it is somehow better than having to give him like a four-year crazy crazy deal which who knows they might still do it you know who knows but it's better than that you would have liked for him to just opt in so then you can just get one season of Harden and go from there of, of whether or not you want to resign him or, you know, or not. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what Harden, I kind of touched on this like last uh, episode, I believe. So it's not much to really say he's going to resign there, you know, see him working out, you know. So and that's the thing with Harden. Harden do every offseason. I've seen him, you know, in the Drew League working out. I've seen him like working out, you know what I mean, like uh, UCLA with you know guys working out like every offseason Harden does have his history of working out in the offseason so it's not that surprising like I know it's been a big deal his body so people are going to probably make make it more of a big deal that he's working out but I don't really think it's that big of a deal he has a history of working out in the offseason to be honest but next I want to talk about um I mean, also, Sixers got P.J. Tucker. That's good for them. They needed some some defense, even though he's looking like he's on his last leg. So I don't know how much more defense P.J. Tucker is going to give him. But he does have history with uh, Harden, so that's good. He's a guy that can always hit, hit that corner shot. That's what the Sixers was needing, though. They needed another shooter. And they got, you know, a guy that can hit some threes for them. A guy that has, you know, a, a champion, right? So that's a good signing for them. I do think they kind of overpaid, though, for P.J. Tucker. I, just because, again, it looks like he's on his last legs, but we'll see. The Lakers got uh got some, you know, Lonnie Walker, uh, Juan from uh, 
Golden State, JTA, basically, I'll say. Um, I don't really care for those moves. They're younger guys. They're more athletic guys, guys that have potential on defense. But they're guys. those guys are not going to bring anything on offense. Nothing. That's the thing with the Lakers roster, man. Like, their role players need to give them definitely more on defense, but also more on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't know if those guys that they got are guys that are really going to give them much on either end of the court. And that roster, I mean, again, I mean, somebody posted their their roster on Twitter, and 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 I look that pretty. They're really, really reliant on Anthony Davis showing back up, playing the majority of the regular season, because they're going to need him to play the majority of the regular season, especially with LeBron getting older and older. They need AD to play the majority of the regular season. And even when he's on the court, he needs to play better. He needs to play like a top 10, legit top 10 player in the NBA. He needs to play at an all-NBA level and play the majority of the regular season. Or else they might still make the playoffs. Let's say, even though I'm not going to say that, but let's say they, you know, AD gets injured for a lot of the regular season, but they still make the playoffs. Because of the struggle that it will be to make the playoffs without Anthony Davis playing the regular season, like most of the regular season, that struggle of making the playoffs without him is going to hurt them a lot in the postseason. It's important for him to be healthy for the majority of the regular season. You're basically in the prime of your basketball career, AD. It's heavily relying this roster on Anthony Davis' shoulders. You know you know what you're going to get from LeBron. Obviously, Russell Westbrook needs to be better on both ends of the court. I don't really know how much better he can be. I mean, you know, shooting-wise, that's what you're going to get. I mean, he could possibly shoot a little better, right? With better shot selection, you know, he could possibly shoot a little better. But I don't I don't see Russell Westbrook percentages going way up from the free throw line, from the three-point line, than what it was. It's more so what he can reason uh, what I can see him getting better at for the Lakers is defense and um, passing the ball, you know, wise. Because turnovers was his real, I mean, and Russ always has his issue with, with uh, turnovers. But I think he, he can get better with the turnovers. I think you can ask for that from him. Shooting the ball wise, I think that's harder for him to get better at. But turnovers could possibly get better at. This Lakers roster is still like, I'm not impressed with this offseason. If I had to grade this offseason for the Lakers, it's like a C minus. Sure, you got younger. You got guys that have more potential on defense. Like Lonnie Walker, JTA has potential on defense. But I don't, you know, these guys aren't going to really give you much on the offensive side of the ball consistently. These aren't guys you can count on in a seven game series in the playoffs. You're trying to, uh, with, Russell Westbrook making 40 plus million, LeBron making a lot of money, and he's one of, still one of the best players in the world. AD get paid a lot of freaking money. You're trying to win a championship next season, right? Even though they clearly don't have the roster, but you know what I'm saying. They're, they're not trying to be a lottery team, right? With LeBron on the roster. But these aren't the, the role players that are going to be there for you to win a championship. That's why you're so reliant on AD being amazing. You're so reliant on LeBron being, again, amazing. You're so reliant on Russell Westbrook learning how to hit jump shots again. Like, learning how to not hit the side of the backboard. Like, you're reliant on these guys. So, I don't know what will actually happen for the Lakers. But we'll see, you know. Um, we'll see. We will definitely see. Next, um... You have Zion resigning. That was good for the Pelicans. I already talked on uh, Bradley Beal, so 
I don't really have to talk much about that. He, he has a no trade clause, which is very smart. So when he's asking out of, like I said, next offseason, a couple seasons from now, he'll be asking for a trade from Washington. You know, you know, so he got the no trade clause, which means he could just go to whatever team he, you know, may choose. So that's good for him. Uh, uh, oh, it was real funny how he was talking about in his letter after resigning in Washington, like to bring a championship to D.C. And that's the real good thing to say. But he knows ain't no way in hell he's about to win a championship in Washington. He knows that. He knows that. Absolutely. Um, next, I want to talk about Zion resigning in New Orleans. That was big. Um, it, it was some talk about whether or not they should resign him, obviously, because of the injuries. But you the Pelicans, you can't take a chance. The good thing for the Pelicans is when Zion is on the court, he is a legit star, like a legit, like one of the best, best players in the world, like in the NBA. Like Zion, his production on the court is high level, like locking all-star type production. Like if he's healthy, he's a lock to be in the all-star game. If he's healthy for the majority of the you know season, and that's the good thing for the Pelicans. So you're really just you know kind of like questionable about the deal because of his injuries. And but like like I said, like kind of like with Darius Garland, you got a young player and he's rising. He he he's showing that he could play at an All Star level. When you're very young like that, you're pretty much going to get a big big deal. The Pelicans knew, this is the thing, if the Pelicans really knew that nobody else would give Zion a five-year max deal, then they wouldn't probably give him the five-year max deal, probably. But because they know, there are going to be some other teams. I mean, Pistons, one of the teams, like, it would be other teams willing to throw that bag happily at Zion. They would be happily ready to get, you know, take that risk on Zion. So you got to, you know, uh, re-sign him. And the Pelicans showed a lot of promise last uh, playoffs with what they did against Phoenix. So I like the move for them. Um, hopefully Zion can get back healthy because he is one of the most entertaining players in the NBA. It would be a shame for us to miss a whole other season of Zion. What I like about Zion is he uh, has that dog in him. He's not afraid of nobody. And he seems as if he wanted to play himself. It wasn't like a situation where... You know, you got to question whether or not he wanted to play. Seemed from all reports, he wanted to play. It was more so doctors and the Pelicans being cautious with his uh, injury. So he should be back at the beginning of uh, next season. Um, now, last I want to talk about Utah, Minnesota, Minnesota, Utah. That deal is crazy. And from Utah, I like the deal a lot. You had to get rid of Gobert or Donovan Mitchell. Paying Gobert that big contract where he doesn't really give you enough on offense, I'm never going to be a fan of it. I don't care. Paying a big man that much money and he doesn't give you much, if anything, in the playoffs on offense. And I don't think that was because Utah doesn't have a great playmaker. Like, I don't believe that Minnesota doesn't have a great playmaker. Like, that's that's part of the reason why I don't like this move for Minnesota. But I don't like the idea of paying him that much money. You know, he's just not that good of a play. I mean, he's not the kind of player, rather, because Gobert is a very good player. But on offense, he just doesn't give you enough. And to trade that many picks, I just don't see the Minnesota ever making it past the second round. And if you never make it like Minnesota, like if you never make it past the second round, 
and it's five years from now, are you going to still consider that a good trade? Honestly, if you go the next few seasons and you do not make it past the second round, how is this trade a good trade? How? How is it a good trade? It's not like you was far away from the second round before you got Gobert in the first place. So, okay, you made a step up. You're, you're a second round team in the Western Conference. Okay, it's technically a step up, but it's not a good enough step up to where it's worth trading five picks. Like, are you serious? Are you serious? That's my thing about it. Like, I, I don't see them like unless Cat takes a whole not unless Anthony Evans, because he's the main part of this, actually, because I, I don't think Cat's going to get much, much better than what he is right now. He's a very good player. He's a maybe not top 20 player, but he's right outside of that top 20 best players in the NBA right now. Uh, he's a very good offensive player, the best shooting big man in the NBA, clearly. Um, I, don't, I don't really see Cat getting much better than what he is, right? But Anthony Edwards, he's the center of this because he could be the difference. He do he, Anthony Edwards do have all, uh, superstar potential on offense, and we've seen him in the playoffs show, I mean, great promise on defense because he has a very long, very long arms. He's super athletic, strong. He has all the tools to be great on defense, like all defense type of player. He has that type of uh, talent, so he could be a superstar in the NBA. And if he's a superstar, then yeah, you can be past the second round you know but if if anthony Everett's development isn't isn't his silly because that's what you're going to need now because you traded five picks for rudy gobert now you're really really needing anthony Everett to max out his talent to max out his ceiling to really be a top 10 type of player in the nba to be a superstar and i say that because like i said if anthony Everett isn't that kind of player you're going to be a first round team you're going to be a second round exit. And now you're regretting trading those picks for Gobert, right? Because like I said, if you're Minnesota, five years from now, you don't ever make it to the conference finals. You don't ever make it to the finals. It's a bad trade that you made for Gobert. That is a bad trade that you made. But you don't make it to the conference finals or the finals without Anthony Edwards being a superstar in the future so we'll see i do think anthony Edwards do have that type of talent like i said he has that type of work uh working you know to him like he seemed like he works at his game he has that dog in him where he wants to be great so hopefully it works out for them but i don't like the trade i do not like the trade at all i just don't see minnesota making a big enough step forward winning wise winning wise i don't see them making a big enough step forward for it to work. And again, on offense, I question how well it will work. Cat did kind of play like that power forward role last season because, you know, it was a lot of lineups where if you watch Minnesota, Cat did kind of play on offense the power forward type of role, not really like a big man center type of role. So I do think that's the positive of it, of him playing with Gobert. He, you know, he's going to be like the permanent four man for them. And he did already kind of have that role for them, for Minnesota before they traded for Gobert. But I, I just don't know on offense, man. Like I said, they don't, they don't have no great uh, playmaker. Like, D'Angelo Russell can playmake, but he isn't great at it. He isn't great at it, in my opinion. Like, straight up, we've seen it in the playoffs. He wasn't great at it. He didn't give them really anything in the playoffs. So, I don't know, like... If you're, you know, Minnesota fan, like I said, just hope for Anthony Edwards to grow into that superstar. Because if he doesn't, you're going to bottom out as a first round team, as a second round team. And you just don't want that. Because if you're going to never make it to the conference finals, the finals, 
this is a bad trade. Well, you just, you just traded basically five first-round picks for Gobert. And you might only make it past one, you know, make it to the second round at best. You know, and you traded five first-round picks. So <clears throat> we'll see for them. Uh, for Utah, like I said, it's, it's reports that they're going to keep Donovan Mitchell, which I would do the same thing. I know people talking about trading both. I don't think you have to trade both. I say ride this season out with Donovan Mitchell. And until he says he wants out, you, you know, train him. But keep him. You're not going to make the playoffs next season probably because the West is going to be better with the Clippers. And, uh, Tim, you know, T-Woods, while I'm not liking the trade, they should be better, you know. So I just don't see, you know, possibly the Lakers could be better even though I don't really like their roster. I don't really see it. But I'm just saying it's possible. With Anthony, just from Anthony Davis playing more in the regular season, the Lakers should win more games. Just off the fault of Anthony Davis playing more games. Problem is, we don't know if Anthony Davis is going to play more games because he's always injured. So we don't know. But the West will be better next season. So Utah probably won't make the playoffs. But Utah is very good in the regular season. So they can surprise us and be back in the postseason with Donovan Mitchell. And I like it for Donovan Mitchell. I seem like seem like he might come out with better energy, like like more energy and come back more motivated next uh, offseason. I can see that for him. So we'll see. But yeah, man, this uh this offseason, man, been been amazing again. Like that Minnesota trades is still crazy to me. Like, if you I'm telling you. If Minnesota never make it to the conference finals or the finals, this is a bad trade because you were just in the first round and they really could have made it to the second round of the playoffs. They really like literally choked that series away, literally choked that series. It was a little it was a choke job by the Minnesota Timberwolves. And you could like you could have very well made it to the second round last season with this with the roster that you had. And now you traded for Gobert, which, like I said, Gobert isn't that kind of player who he's going to take him from the first round of the playoffs to the finals. He's not going to take him to that level. You still need Anthony Edwards to still do that for you. You didn't trade for a player to where it's like, okay, now Anthony Edwards, you don't need to be a superstar. We can still possibly make it to the finals without you being a superstar. You know what I mean? But now you made a a. a a, a big trade where you traded a lot of your draft future, five first round picks basically, and you're still relying on Anthony Edwards to take that next step. Still relying on that. I mean, he is the first round pick, and you are going to be paying him a lot of money soon. So it is what it is. I know, right? But I just don't like the deal because I just don't see the T. You no, know, the uh, Timberwolves. You can quote me now. If I'm wrong, then I'll take the jokes. But I just don't see the T-Wolves making it to a conference finals or a NBA finals. And because of that, it's a bad trade because that's what you need. For what you gave up, that's the type of result that you need to justify this move. You need to make the conference finals or the finals if you're the T-Wolves. You can't trade five first-round picks and be happy with now we're in the second round of the playoffs. And, we, you know, like, no, the next few seasons, you know, it don't got to be next season. It's the first season of Gobert and Cat. So it don't got to be next season. It don't got to be two seasons, you know. But in the next four or five seasons, you got to make the finals or the conference finals for this deal to make sense. We'll see. Got summer league tonight. Pistons play at 12 a.m., which is crazy as hell to me. But uh, I'll try to watch that game, see some Jaden Ivey, some uh, Duran. Hopefully they, you know, because Keegan Murray looking nice. 
we didn't have the opportunity of drafting him. So even if he turns out to be a superstar, you know, can't be too mad at it because we ain't pass up on Keegan Murray. Pass up on Donovan Mitchell. We ain't pass up on Keegan Murray. Passed up on uh, uh, Halliburton. You know, we passed up on, on some guys, but we ain't passed up on Keegan Murray. So if he keeps this up and he's balling in the regular season, I'm not going to feel too bad about it because we ain't have the opportunity to draft him. But, uh, yeah, thanks you, thank you for listening. Uh, this is another episode, episode what, 15, 16, one of those two. NBA Free Agency has been awesome. Next episode might talk about, you know, just life and what's going on and everything um, or whatever. I don't know. Maybe some big trade might happen again. Who knows? So thank you for listening. Again, my Twitter, you can follow me, NewJNUJAYYY. That's three Ys on that. And you could be anywhere else in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Thank you for listening. I'm out.